I'm glad to be together again, and it is good to see some visitors with us here, and we're glad that you've been with us here today. And uh, open here to Proverbs chapter 27. Proverbs 27, verse 1. Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. I've opened here to Mark chapter 1. Now I may be jumping around here a little bit, but... I open here to Mark chapter 1, and we're going to just read. Verses 14 and 15. And as I sat there and we were singing, there were some verses that came to my mind. And uh, we're going to go then and we're, we're going to read those verses then as well. But from Mark chapter 1, verses 14. Now after that, John was put in prison... Jesus came in the Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. Now if you'll turn with me to Hebrews chapter 3. I think it was chapter 3. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 7. Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation in the day of temptation in the wilderness. When your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works forty years, wherefore I was grieved with that generation, and said, They do always err in their heart. And they have not known my ways. So I swear in my wrath, they shall not enter into my rest. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. While it is said today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation. For some, when they had heard, did provoke. Howbeit not all that came out of Egypt by Moses, but with whom was he grieved forty years? Was it not with them that had sinned? whose carcasses fell in the wilderness? And to whom swear he that they should not enter into his rest? But to them that believe not. So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. Let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. 
This isn't typically my my habit. But there's just a lot of scriptures coming to my mind here. So now I'm going to go back to Luke chapter 14 where we were at this morning. And trust that uh, my, my mind will be clear enough to kind of pull all these scriptures together then. So in verse 15 that we read this morning, I'm going to read it again. And when one of them that sat at meat with him heard these things, he said unto him, Blessed is he that shall eat bread in the kingdom of God. And you know that guy there, I, I was thinking about that, This, or the, some of you brothers know that, I've maybe already had a sermon or two this past week on this particular passage that Andrew opened up to this morning. But here he is, he's sitting in here, we had read the context this morning, and, and he's sitting at a Pharisee's table, if I remember correctly, and I can almost imagine the scene here, that... They're sitting here, and they're eating, and they're listening to the Lord teach, and they're listening to the Lord. And in their hearts, some of them are angry with Him. Some of them are, maybe, their hearts are maybe burning. Because I imagine most of the time, whenever the Lord was speaking, it was probably one or the other. And maybe there was that third group that just didn't really care, that was just disengaged and was just kind of thinking about tomorrow or whatever. There's maybe only two, three, four different types of people, probably when we really stop and analyze it. But here was, here was someone in this, at, sitting at this table. I can almost just imagine. I can just almost put myself in his shoes. I can almost feel it within my heart. This, this man sitting here at this table and his heart within him is burning at the teachings that Jesus is speaking. And, he, and it, in a moment of almost adoration and worship, he says, Blessed is he that shall eat bread in the kingdom of God. A feeling of just anticipation, a feeling of excitement, a feeling of, I am so looking forward to that day when I will be able to be in the kingdom of God and eat bread in the kingdom of God. And this some far off day, that that day, what a glorious day that will be. What a glorious day that will be whenever I can be in the kingdom of God and eating bread. And this excitement. We read there, boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. And if we go on here and we read in verse 17, it says, and sent his servants, or I'm, I'm back up here at verse 16. The Lord, the Lord addresses this man here. And I'm sure that the Lord, there's other times in the scriptures when the Lord looked at him and he said, Jesus loved him. And beholding him, he loved him. And then he said some really hard things to him, beholding him and loving him. And another place it says that he loved him until the end. These were the same men that he knew not one of them were going to be actually with him when they came to take him away. 
And yet the scripture tells us, gives us these little snippets that he loved them until the end. Jesus never spoke anything out of a hard heart, out of a, 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 an angry heart where he was trying to hurt people. But here he was looking at this man. I, had to, I have to believe that as he looked at this man and saw the excitement that was in this man, this adoration that was pouring forth from this man, kind of like the woman that she was in the crowd and she said, Blessed be uh, the paps that, that, um, that gave you suck, or however it says that. This woman, it was just like a moment of like, kind of like jubilee, like, 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 couldn't hold it anymore. She says this kind of this, this, you know, and he looks at her. I forget exactly what he said to her. But that wasn't what. She was missing it. She wasn't quite getting it. You know, but she was in that moment of just... Now, we can understand that. We can understand what it is to have that emotional, like, where we just can't keep it in anymore. And we just, we just have to say it. And here Jesus is looking at this man. I believe that he was looking at this man in love. And he said unto him, a certain ma man made a great supper and, and bade many. And sent his servant at supper time to say to them that were bidden, Come, for all things are now ready. And I can feel the sinking that was in that man. Do you understand what I mean by that? I can feel the sinking that was in that man as he was looking forward to the kingdom of God. He loved talking about the kingdom of God. He loved hearing about the kingdom of God. He loved sitting there and hearing Jesus speak these words. His heart was burning within him. Did not our hearts burn within us as Jesus was there communing with us in a way? And yet it was all going to be tomorrow. There's going to be some day when we're going to be able to be in the kingdom of God and we're going to be able to eat bread. And how what a joyous day that will be. And Jesus says and looks at him, right now, it's ready. Right now, it's available. Right now, you can come. Don't boast of tomorrow. You don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. You don't know if you've got breath in you for tomorrow. You don't know what your life holds tomorrow. Jesus looks at him and says, Right now, come, for all things are now ready. And the sinking feeling, because that's not actually what he wanted. It wasn't right now that he wanted it. It was good as long as it was some time when I can get there. At some point in time, I'll have it. I'm looking forward to that day, but it wasn't right now. And the sinking feeling that came as Jesus looked at him and says, It's ready right now. Come. And brothers and sisters, that's when the excuses start to come. It's when God comes to us and says, Right now, you can have the kingdom of God. Right now. But you know, there's just so many excuses. As the brother shared this morning, there's so many excuses. And the excuses that were given here this morning that we read about are the same exact excuses that we hear today. I was just visiting with a brother earlier this week, and we were talking about this, because this passage has been in my heart for a couple weeks now. And it's just amazing as we go through here and we see these exact same excuses 
being given as to why we can't have the kingdom today. Literally. It's right out of here. It's like, well, I'd love to be with the kingdom of God, where the kingdom of God is at. But, there's business. But, what would I do for a job? But, and it's just going to require too much. The fact of the matter is, it gets down to whenever Christ comes and says, right now, today, they're not willing to face it right now, today. Right now, today means I have to go and I have to talk to my wife right now and say, listen here, I'm going to follow God no matter what. And for some brothers, and I'm amazed how many brothers I've, I've been in contact with, I'm not picking on any particular one, and some of them are a tremendous inspiration to me. Really. And then others you want to say, Brother, you are trying to put that relationship ahead of the kingdom of God. And you're trying to fix that relationship before plunging into the kingdom of God. And it's all turned around. It's all, it's all flipped around. We want to fix things first. And then we'll come into the kingdom. And... And so we see, we see these men here that were making excuses. And, and, it, and again, I, I've had people say, oh, there's just a lot of different ways that that all could go. But brothers, where are we at? What is the Lord putting his finger on our heart today? What are we holding back today from God that we're saying tomorrow? next week. I gotta get this in line first and then maybe I can get taken that care of. That really challenges me as I read this chapter. Can you see yourself in this? Like, I mean, am I, I don't think I'm so different on this, but can you, can you sense how there are things when Jesus Christ comes as we read later on in this chapter so likewise, whosoever he be of you that forsaketh not all that he hath, he cannot be my disciple. Do you know what I mean when you hear the call of God coming? And maybe for some of you it's repent. I, I don't know where some of you are at. I don't know. You hear the, you hear the call of God come and say, repent. And you say, not today, Lord. That's going to happen after I do this. That's going to happen after I do that. There's some things there yet that I kind of like to experience. Some things there yet that I kind of like to do. Maybe then, Lord, but not today. Maybe for some of us, it's, it's a particular sin that, or a, a, maybe it's not even a sin, maybe it's just a liberty that we're giving ourselves, that God is coming and saying, I want you to give this up. I want you to lay this down. 
And we're thinking, but if I give that up, I don't know what so-and-so is going to say. I don't know how that's going to affect them. I don't know what's going to happen there. And you know, we make so many different excuses. And the intention is for tomorrow. The intention is... But the Lord says here in verse 33, So likewise, whosoever he be of you that forsaketh not all that he hath, he cannot be my disciple. And the disciples were first called Christians in Antioch. And so that term there, disciple and Christian, is a synonymous term. When we say disciple, we mean Christian. And when we mean Christian, we mean disciple. The, the two are synonymous terms. They, they, they go together. You can't separate the two of them. You can't be a disciple without being a Christian. You can't be a Christian without being a disciple. And, and Jesus says that if you want to enter into the kingdom of God, then you can't let your father, you can't let your mother, you can't let your brother, you can't let your sister, you can't let your wife, you can't let your children, you can't even let yourself stand in the way of that. If you want to enter into the kingdom of God, you have to, as he says, deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me daily. If you want to enter into the kingdom of God, if there's things there that are keeping you from it, there has to be this radical amputation. There has to be this cutting off. If there's something that your hand is holding on to that is too big to get into that narrow gate, it's got to come off. The eye has got to come out. The leg has got to be amputated off. And that's today. Like right now, today. Are we so different from this man that sits here and says, Blessed. We love to hear about the kingdom of God. We love to think about the kingdom of God. We love to preach about the kingdom of God. But when it really comes down, it says, But right now, it is available. And you don't have to walk out this door. You don't have to go home today dealing with that thing that you are holding on to that's keeping you from forsaking everything. Today, we can lay it down. Today, we can, we can, we can let go of it. Today we can say, Lord, I'm yours. And there's nothing there. Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation in the day of temptation in the wilderness. How long would have it taken them to make that trip and to actually have entered into the, that promised land? It wouldn't have taken 40 years. They wouldn't have had to have died out there in that wilderness. They wouldn't have had to wonder about experiencing all of the horrible things that they, they did. And in that same way today, it can be ended today. The fight and the struggle 
that resistance of God, that, that, that resisting God's call upon our life, that can be done away with today. But you know, there's a lot of hard hearts. There's a lot of hard hearts. I think about that guy there that... Um, I'll try not to get too long, I'm sorry. But I think about that man that he came and he said, Good master, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus looked at him and he said, Why do you call me good? And there's a lot of different commentary on that particular verse, a lot of different thoughts, but I, the one that I, I like probably the most, I don't read commentary, so I'm not saying that, but, but the thought that I really like there is Jesus looking at him saying, there's only one good, that's God. Are you calling me God? Are you acknowledging me that I am God? And he says, what do you, what do you, what do you read? What, 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 is, what does it say? And he tells him. And he said, I've done all that. I, I've, I've done all that. I've kept those commandments from my youth. I've done that. Never been a bad a day in my life. I've done all that. It's basically, I think, kind of what he was saying there. And yet the Lord, looking at him, beholding him, loving him, he didn't mean it for his harm. He wasn't sitting there saying, I'm going to make your life miserable. You know, you had a pretty good life. You're rich. You got all this money. And so I'm just going to make your life miserable here. No, and beholding him and loving him, he means it for our good. He's not trying to beat us over the head with a stick so that we're miserable and we can't... He's come that we might have life and that we might have it more abundantly. But there's this stony, cold heart that stands in the way. And the Lord was able to look at that man. And there was just one thing. That was all that he lacked. Just one thing. And i got to be honest, brothers and, and sisters. When I look at us, we might lack more than one thing. We might lack more than one thing. I, I think it could be fair to say, like, do, maybe we lack more than one thing. It kind of gives me a stomach ache as I think about that. I think. But he looked at him and beholding him loved him. He said, go and sell all that you have. And I'm going to mess it up. But, you know, and come and follow me. You'll have the kingdom. And he went away sad. He went away sad. And I'm just realizing more and more that there's a lot of very good intentioned people. They really are. They have very good intentions. There's a day coming when they fully expect to eat bread in the kingdom of God. There's a day coming when they fully expect, I will serve the Lord. I will be saved. I will be surrendered. I will lay it all down. God is bringing me to that point. I'm just not quite there yet. The, there's some things that I've got to work through. I don't understand. There's a lot of very good intentioned people. And I'm, and I'm realizing more and more 
They asked the Lord, Lord, are there few that be saved? Are there few that be saved? All around us today is offered an easy way. All around us today in this false Christianity that is being presented over the majority of the pulpits today is offering an easy way to get to heaven. It's not a way that requires you today to forsake everything. It is a way that, that, that makes it just easier. It makes it more palatable. It makes it so that you can put it off and tomorrow have it. But that salvation that the Lord is offering for us today is that salvation where He comes and He tells us, it's going to cost you everything. And if you're not willing to pay that, then you're not worthy of me. If you're not willing to lay that all down, you're not fit for the kingdom of God. If you're not going to forsake everything, then you're not coming in. And that's the cost that we just honestly have to look at and assess and say, am I going to do that? And will we do it today? Let us therefore fear. Let us therefore fear, brothers, lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. What is God putting his finger on your heart today? Maybe there's more than one thing. Maybe there's five things. Maybe there's ten things. Maybe there's a whole pile of things. Maybe it seems so big that you don't even know how to handle all of it. I, in, I encourage and invite, as the Lord would, to come before Him in a broken heart today and lay it down. To give it up. To resign. Say it's yours. Put it in His hands. Put to death all that we so badly want to hold on to. What is that thing today that God is pressing on us? May God give us the grace to hear that and today, if you will hear His voice, harden not our hearts.